If you are a dual entrepreneur household and are experiencing some challenges in the financial part of your life, this episode is for you. Autumn Whit Boyd shares with us her and her husband's journey through this and what they have learned. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hey there, it's Jen Hemphill. Bienvenidos. I am hoping you are liking the small changes to the podcast so far. Just let me know. I'm always welcome and receptive to any feedback. Now, you have absolutely made my day to have chosen this podcast to listen to right now in this very moment. So, gracias. Managing your finances in a business where the income varies month to month can be tricky. When your family depends on this income to live on, it is very important to make sure we manage it in the best way possible. And having a dual entrepreneurial household can get even trickier. Today's guest shares exactly how this has evolved for them over the years. So in today's episode, you will learn what resulted for her from seeing her mom on edge when it came to money growing up, You're going to learn the exact stepping stones they went through in managing money with a dual entrepreneur household and also one key item they had in their favor to help them transition. Let me share with you a little bit about Autumn Whit Boyd. She is a lawyer who helps entrepreneurs protect their most valuable asset, their intellectual property. She provides legal guidance as outside general counsel, copyright and trademark protection, contract negotiation, and problem solving. She loves helping entrepreneurs grow their dream businesses with smart collaborations and deals. You can find Autumn in Chattanooga, Tennessee, hanging out with her three kids and husband, monogramming and putting glitter on anything that stays still or sipping a glass of champagne after bedtime. Autumn also hosts the Legal Roadmap podcast, which teaches business owners how to protect their rights and stay out of hot water. Ahora vamos a conocerla. Let's go meet her. Welcome, Autumn, to the Her Money Matters podcast. We've got a lawyer in the house and we've got another Hoosier. <laughs> you went to IU. You're the second guest that I've interviewed. That's a Hoosier. The, uh, the other one was Amy. And actually, I have interviewed one Boilermaker. She was a sorority sister. So I need, to, if you, those listening, if you know, if you are a Boilermaker, let me know. We got to get more Boilermakers on this show. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me, Jen. If you could see me on video, you'd see I'm doing my big IU oh, sign no. with my arms. Okay. Well, maybe we have to stop right now. Well, I'll forgive you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to do this and really get to know you. So let's start off with your money story, how you grew up around money, what you heard, what you experienced. And so that way we get to learn how it has shaped how you manage your finances today. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up 
pretty regular middle-class household. Um, my dad was a doctor and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but then my parents got divorced when I was pretty young and that kind of shook everything up. My dad moved out and then all of a sudden he had two households to support. So it really changed how I heard money spoken about in the house. And, you know, we were still comfortable, but it definitely, my mom, I felt like was always a little on edge about money. And we started talking about, no, we can't have that because we can't afford it. Or, you know, if we do this, then we can't do that. So that I think shaped, and my my mom never worked even after, never steadily after they got divorced. So I think it at a very young age gave me an impression that, you know, money is not always going to be there and you have to be able to take care of yourself because I never wanted myself to be in that situation with four kids and, you know, no real way to support myself. So I think that gave me a lot of motivation. I've always wanted to be a working person. Um, even after, you know, when I was younger, I was hoping to have a family and now I do I have three young children and a husband. And so it's just, I love working. I'm, I'm lucky to have a job that I really enjoy, but I, I think that was, that shaped me always. Like I've never really wanted to um, take a break from working. I think part of it was probably shaped by that, um, being a little worried about that or, you know, knowing that it can go away. Right, right. So in your, in growing up with once your parent or before your parents got a divorce, did they talk to you about money directly or were there money conversations that you heard or what did you uh, observe I was really little when they got divorced. Okay. So I don't, All right. Yeah. I don't, I think I was seven or eight when it was finalized. So I don't have a lot of memories before that time. Ah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And then post the divorce, you mentioned your mom was on edge. She wasn't, you know, she was working to take care of you all. She didn't have a job outside of the house. So did she have money conversations with you or what did that look like? Or what did you see her do in terms of finances? Yeah, it wasn't spoken about. Like there was definitely no teaching or any kind of trying to let us see how things really worked or this is what we have coming in and this is what we have going out. It was just kind of, I felt like when she was stressed, then she would talk about it more because, you know, we were kids. We were always asking for everything. Of course Um, we do that, huh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then as I got older, you know, she, we did start having different conversations where, okay, if you want that, you have to get a job or you have to figure out a way to pay for it. Like I'm not, I can't and am not going to just pay for everything. And I think that was really good. I mean, that's something Mm -hmm. I definitely want to do with my own children. Um, I feel like once I was a little older, I definitely started learning the value of money and that, you know, it doesn't just fall from the sky. You have to do things to earn it. Absolutely. And then with your dad uh, living in another house, did he have money conversations with you or, or was that non-existent? No, not really. Yeah. It's interesting. I've never thought about this until we've had this conversation, but no, it was just kind of never spoken about. Interesting. And it, and that really tends to happen. It's, it, it's common. So, but yeah. I always like to ask, cause there's some guests that it was just like the money conversations were like always really healthy right. and it's just amazing. So it's always interesting to hear the different experiences uh, from the guests and you and your husband, and I really want to dig deep into this. You and your husband both are entrepreneurs. So yeah. meaning there's some some months the income is high, you know, it fluctuates, it goes up and down. So tell us, could you uh, break it down as to how do you manage your finances? Uh, how do you break it down? Who does what? And how do you decide how you budget? Because one of the biggest challenges is how do you budget on an un, 
you know, income that just fluctuates on a month to month basis. So if you could take us a little bit, how you do it. Yeah. Well, it's really evolved. So my husband started his own business in 2010. So we've now been at this for about seven years. And when he started his own business, he has a construction estimating business. So he's basically a consultant. He bills by the hour. He started with no clients. He had had this dream of opening this business and started really from the ground up. And you may remember 2010, we were still recovering from the 2008 real estate crash. It was pretty much the worst time (laughs) to to start, start, especially in his area. Yes. Um, So it was a real challenge. Um, And I still had a full-time law firm job at that time. And we had been married about a year when he took that jump. Um, And during that year, we had really been trying to just live on my income and save his income. And so that was really helpful because all of a sudden his income went away and it took him probably a year or two to really start making any money. He spent a lot of time in the beginning, just marketing and networking and trying, you know, making just a little tiny bit here and there. So in the beginning, I would say having that, I don't know how to say it, the for, not foresight because it, it was not really planned, but having the discipline to be living on one income was really helpful because then when that other one went away, you know, of course we made some adjustments, but we had that as kind of a cushion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that really, it was, but it was interesting because it shifted from us being very equal as far as the income that we were bringing into the family, our incomes were fairly similar to then I was the, really the sole breadwinner, Mm -hmm. which I had never thought about or (laughs) um, (laughs) planned on. And it just, it was interesting the all the different feelings and thoughts that it brought up and how it made me, I kind of have a little bit of anxiety anyway, but it made me very anxious about money in a way that I had never been up to that point. Even though, you know, I had a good job and a, a solid paycheck and that was all fine as he was building that business. It definitely made us look at our marriage and how we were handling money. We were very, um, we, I think, do a good job of having money discussions and we're very open. We don't fight about money. We're pretty much on the same page as far as our priorities go. And we don't really fuss at each other about what we're spending on what because our priorities are in line. But yeah, it was very different. I did have to kind of check myself a little bit when I would see him and not spending money on anything frivolous, but you know, we all sometimes need a new pair of jeans or whatever. Right. We have, he plays tennis. So, you know, He's got some hobby expenses. Um, <laughs> I had to check myself because I do really feel like in a marriage, even if the the spouses are bringing different amounts of income into the family, you know, it's all our money. It's mm-hmm. not like one person has a, a hold on one or the other. So that was really interesting while we were going through that transition. Once his business happily started making money, that was right around the time that we had children. So um, we have twin boys. They're now five and a half as I was pregnant, he was still very much in the building phase of his business. And so we had a really serious conversation about how we were going to afford childcare because I had been pretty much paying all the bills from my salary and that was fine, but I didn't have the capacity to then have two infants in childcare on mm. top of that. Um, childcare so is expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and I have a job where I couldn't really work around the edges. I mean, I, you know, needed a full-time childcare out of the house. Wasn't flexible where you can telework from home. I actually was teleworking. Oh, were you? Okay. Um, So that's an interesting story. But um, but having twin infants at home, I just never would have gotten anything done. And having the noise in the background would have been a problem. I was on the the phone with lawyers and courts a lot. Makes sense. Yeah, I I definitely needed a full-time professional (laughs) childcare situation. And so we had a discussion where I pretty much said to him, you know, if you can't at least pay for daycare out of your business, then you're 
you're going to have to care for these children. Like Something's got to give. And so I think that was a great motivation for him. He was like, no problem. <laughs> I, it kind of lit a fire under him. And so uh, his business became profitable the next year. Awesome. So uh, yeah. And then it built from there to the point where he, his business was bringing in more than my law firm job. We kind of tipped the scales a little bit. And I used to joke during that time period um, because I didn't have my own business. I didn't really know how his finances worked and we would talk about it, but I didn't really have an eye on his business books or his revenues or expenses or any of that. And so I used to joke that his business bank account was like this black hole. (laughs) I knew there was money there, but I didn't really know how much it was. Um, And at that point, since I was still paying pretty much most of the family expenses from my salary, I would just ask him each month for a check for however much. I needed, you know, over mm, and above, gotcha. uh, which I would not recommend. <laughs> and why it, would you say that? Why would you not recommend yeah, it? It just made me feel like I was asking for permission, okay. you know, yeah. like, like to spend money on, and these were household expenses. It's not like I was buying jewelry and fur coats and booking cruise vacations. Uh, but yeah, it made it feel a little uneven. I feel like in our, in our marriage. And so one thing that we do now is we just both have a standard amount that we contribute to the family from our businesses. It's like we're paying ourselves a salary. And there may be months where, you know, we have to have a discussion like, hey, my receivables aren't coming in this month. Like, can you give a little extra or I'll catch up next month? Or It's not like we don't talk about it because there are fluctuations. But having that kind of base salary level, it's almost taken us back to when we both had just regular full-time jobs and we knew what was coming in. So we knew how to kind of budget and what to expect. Because I would say the other thing that we were definitely guilty of when his business was doing really well, so we had extra you know, money that we could kind of play with, was it made us both very lazy, I think, about keeping an eye on our budget and you know, just kind of spending what we had. And we've been bad about, or we were, <laughs> but just kind of doing all of our savings at year end with what's left over rather than being more intentional throughout the year. Um, and making that more of a priority. Makes sense. Yeah. And then you mentioned you both put in a certain amount. Basically, from what I'm seeing, you have one account where the money goes into that you pay yourself that that's where you pay your bills and the sort. So how do you determine what how much money you pay yourselves? I mean, granted, some of it depends on the revenue that you're bringing in. But how do you go through that decision making process? Yeah. Well, so we've kind of gone at it from both ways. I know what our monthly family expenses are. I have a spreadsheet. I'm kind of old school. I just have like an Excel spreadsheet where I literally have a list of all of our bills, the water bill, the electricity bill, all the things that I know we're going to have to pay, daycare, car payment, you know, all those things, the mortgage. And so I know like that's the basic, that's what we have to have every Mm -hmm. month to keep our family going. And so then what we've done most recently is kind of take that number and add a little bit to it because there's always things that pop up um, month to month that aren't, uh, you know, that are expected, but they're not consistent. And then we each contribute half of that. Now, as our businesses have changed, those numbers have changed. I'd say last year I went out on my own. I've had my own law firm for about two and a half years. So Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I was not nearly at half. So that's been just an ongoing discussion of what are your profits? How much can we take? Do we need to adjust our family expenses to meet our business? Or can we adjust the business? I'm in a real growth phase right now with my business. So, you know, my happily, my revenues and my <laughs> are increasing. So it's just been an evolving conversation. I would say that has been the biggest thing is that 
every couple months or more frequent if things are really volatile. Um, we'll just sit down and look at the numbers and make sure that, you know, at the end of the month, <laughs> everything's getting paid and that we're still meeting. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Our savings priorities and our long-term goals, in addition to just trying to meet that monthly right. budget. It, perfect. And I love that. And I notice you key in that you sit down together <laughs> and, you, and you'd have a discussion on it, and which is awesome. Now, with, of course, there's going to be some months that are going to be lower, but it sounds like you both are in that uh, growth stage uh, and income is coming in very readily. But when the time in the times back where you where there was those fluctuations that go down and what did you do to make sure that it met your needs on a monthly level? Yeah, well, so before I quit my job, we did have about three and a half, almost four months of savings where, you know, it is a true emergency fund. We try not to touch it, but to meet that minimum, you know, what does it cost to run this family every month number? And we've had to dip into that one time. And it's funny, we've had, I mean, literally that same amount has been sitting in savings for almost four years. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we've had to touch it one time and I hated touching it. And my husband just, he is much more laid back about money than I am. And he just kind of rolled his eyes and he was like, that's what it's there for. Exactly. We're not going to do this all the time. We can refill it next month. Like, you know, we both run businesses and it was just a cash flow issue. You know, it wasn't a, a huge, I think it, it would have been more worrisome if it had been, you know, an indication of a bigger problem in one of our businesses, but it was literally just like everyone decided not to pay their bills that month. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, the next month it was fine. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Barry Tesler Linden and The Art of Money. What happens when a creative body-based wisdom somatic psychotherapist in training gal suddenly falls in love with bookkeeping and all things money? A whole new approach to dealing with money gets born. The creative woman I'm talking about is Barry Tesler Linden, a financial therapist, mamapreneur, author, and creator of the year-long money school, The Art of Money. And she's been a featured guest of this podcast. Over the past 15 years, Barry has guided thousands of people into happier, more empowered, and refreshingly honest relationships with money with her unique three-phase methodology for deep money work. If you'd like a free introduction to Barry's wonderful method, check out her free e-course. It's called A Pocket Map for Your Money Road Trip. You'll get a short email each day for a week, introducing you to a whole new way to bring unshaming, smarts, and playfulness to your money relationship. Check it out at barrytesler.com. You won't be disappointed or check the link on the show notes of this episode. So what piece of advice would you give to dual entrepreneur family households uh, that will help them manage their money better so that way their personal finance or their personal expenses are met, obviously business expenses. So, you know, what would you say would be like the best piece of advice that you would give? Yeah, I, I would definitely say as you're building or maybe even if you are still at a job and you're thinking of starting a business to have that savings account mm -hmm. um, with, at, you know, just as much as you can sock away. And in the beginning, you know, trying to be really conservative with your business spending so that you can 
pay yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, be able to meet your personal expenses. Because I think it's really tempting. And I certainly have um, been tempted to do this. Um, as you're building a business that you're excited about, you know, you see all the bright, shiny things and you want to hire someone to build you a website or do marketing <laughs> or this, that, and the other. It's very, very easy to spend money. But I think, you know, you can still accomplish a lot on your own without doing all of those things early. And then that makes it easier to keep meeting your your personal obligations. Right. Um, and then I noticed with your your particular journey, it was in steps. Like you said, it was an involvement. Your husband started off doing the, his business, right? And then yeah. while he was building that business, you were doing a full-time job. So it was that involvement. And then from there, it was just kind of the stepping stone from there. Then you decided no more, you know, no more nine to five. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm going to go branch out on your own where he had some stability, I think exactly. is what I understand. And yeah. then from there, that gave you time to gain that stability, given gain that momentum in your business. So it's wasn't, you know, from one day to another, you both decided to be right. And there's nothing necessarily wrong because in some businesses, depending on the person, the person and the business, it might make sense, it might work. Um, But in your journey, this is how it evolved. So it wasn't like from when one day to another. And the key thing is that you had that savings, that emergency savings, three to three to four months of emergency savings, which definitely makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is when I quit my job, um, I actually kept doing contract work for that law firm. They were kind of my mm. first clients, mm-hmm. which helped me transition because I changed my practice type. I went from doing litigation, so I was in courtrooms, to now I consult with businesses more uh, on a strategic and transactional level. So I'm not going to court as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had zero clients. I didn't take any clients with me from that old job, but my old bosses were happy to keep me on a couple projects. And that helped smooth that transition where I didn't have any clients in the beginning. Right. Uh, I, you know, I didn't go from a full-time lawyer salary to $0. I was able to step it back a little bit. And I kept doing that for my first year, mm-hmm. which I didn't love doing, but it helped me sleep better at night knowing that I had a steady revenue stream right from the beginning until I had built up my own practice enough that I could stop doing that work. I love that you share that because sometimes it's about, even though you want to jump full and sometimes you have to take a step back and, and you obviously you were both were very clear on what you have going on, the, your expenses and your goals. That's something that you also mentioned and that helped you having that clarity helped you make those decisions. Well, maybe I need to take this contract work versus not taking it. So I think, and that's great that you share that because sometimes in in the stories that we hear, we don't hear those details uh, that make the difference, right? It's not (laughs) all dreamy, dreamy all day long. (laughs) Right. So those details are, are, you know, those, you know, small, or if you want to call minor, but I think it's, they're important. They are important details. So I I love that, that you share that with us. And I appreciate that. And on, uh, so you mentioned you're an Excel uh, girl, which I'm right there with you. <laughs> and how I know, take us through like what a month looks like. I know you took us like how you manage your finances and an overall picture, right. but on a monthly, what does that look like? Do you guys, I know you sit down, but do you sit down weekly? Do you sit down monthly? Oh, how does no. that look like? <laughs> uh, no, I am the bill payer in the family. It's okay. funny when my husband and I first started, we're engaged, we moved in together and I had been paying the mortgage, so I kept paying the mortgage, but I wanted him to pay all the bills and he is terrible at paying bills. Like he's just late and he gets, he loses things. (laughs) 
So I took that back over. <laughs> so I pay all the bills and I try to just pay them once. Mm-hmm. Like I have kind of, and if you don't know this, you can contact your utility companies and the other companies that bill you yep. for things and have them send you the bill on a certain date. So I have like all my due dates kind of line up. Awesome. So I just sit down one night a month and I use auto pay through my bank. I use mm-hmm. USAA. I know you're a military spouse. Yeah, yes. Uh, I love yeah. USAA. My, my dad was in the military. So I oh, USA. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm all about like streamlining mm-hmm. things and bill paying is not a task I love. So if I only have to do it once a month, that's better. Perfect. And I like how you, what you said, you contacted like, for example, the utility companies, but you also said that you have the bills lined up where it's like once, because some people have, let's say a bill that's due on the first, let's say the mortgage, then you have something due on the third, then something on the seventh, then maybe on the 15th, and then the 20th, which can drive people bananas. And I think if I understood right, you have maybe instead of all those seven, eight, 10 dates or whatever throughout the month, scattered throughout the month, you have them coming out at a certain time. Is that what I understood? Yeah, okay. it's all towards which, the front end of the month. Which I love, which I love that you do that because, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up is one, like you said, it helps you streamline. But the other aspect that I think for you listening, that's important to hear because if you've heard some of the other episodes, I've talked about this before is that just doing that will help, un, will really help with the cash flow underst- exactly. instead of, Instead of, because what happens, and I'm sure you've experienced it, I know I've experienced it where I've had bills scattered all different times of the month, and then I accidentally do impulse spending, it happens, (laughs) and then all of a sudden another bill's coming out, maybe the next day, and then, oh, I don't have enough money for that bill, right? right? So just having that money, you know it's going to be taken out, it's taken out, and then you know what's left over. So I think that's awesome that you do that, and I just wanted to bring that up and reiterate it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly our thinking. If, you know, we both write a check to the family, or now I've got it set up on transfer, so I can just click it over, from our business accounts to the family, mm-hmm. you know, we have one family checking account and then I pay all the bills. And so you can see once everything clears kind of what you have left over. We don't do a very strict budget, but we mm-hmm. do live within that, you know, monthly kind of allotment. So right. that is really helpful. I, I'm kind of like you, like if I see it there, it makes me almost want to spend it. Right, <laughs> so right, right. It helps me have a better grip on what's really there. Oh, absolutely. And cash flow, like understanding that cash flow is just... I mean, in business, we, we, we hear about that a lot, but in personal finance, it's, it's important to understand how, how it flows, the ins and outs, you know, how it's coming out and what it's coming in, all that good stuff. So that is awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Autumn. I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing how, because I think it's important to hear from a two entrepreneur family household and how they manage the finances because it's a reality. We're just a <laughs> little crazy. <laughs> there's more and more families like this and I get a lot of questions and I have some answers, but I thought it, it was really important to hear from someone that's really in there uh, uh, doing, ha- having that dynamic. So I appreciate you being on and As you know, this podcast is about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Her money matters because women should be independent and be able to earn their own money or contribute to their household in whatever way that they do and feel like they're a partner even if they're not bringing money to the table. Amen. I can't. uh, I can't disagree (laughs) there. (laughs) Well, this has been fabulous, Autumn. I appreciate you and I hope to connect again with you soon. 
Thank you so much, Jen. This was really fun. So what did you think? I definitely did get a lot out of it, even though we are not a dual entrepreneur household. But there were definitely some things that I learned and took away from that just in case we ever decide to become a dual entrepreneur household, we'll, we'll know more than we know now, right? Now, I want to talk more about that in a minute, but I want to continue with our shout out. So I'm going to start calling the shout out La Mención. It means the mention in Spanish. And this week's mención is with a five-star review that we received from Star Letter Lunch. That's what she calls herself. Uh, you know, in iTunes, you can pretty much put anything under the sun. And she's titled it great. I really enjoy this podcast as someone who is finally beginning to take control of her finances. I really appreciate the good information presented in this podcast. It's informative, but not intimidating at all. I really enjoy the interesting people she interviews as well. Keep up the great work. So thank you so much for that wonderful review. If you have a chance do review this podcast if you haven't taken a chance to do so. It really would mean the world to me. Now, in regards to today's episode, my biggest takeaway of the chat with Autumn was that if you notice, they didn't just jump in into living on two entrepreneur incomes. It was a process. She was working from nine to five for a time. And if you are currently a dual entrepreneurial household, just take baby steps. Tackle one area at a time. You don't need to tackle every aspect of your finances at once. First, work on knowing the bare minimum that you need to bring in, income to meet your necessary expenses, and use that as a baseline to work from. So again, it's a process and take baby steps. I wanted to share a quick tip to have more fun in your life because who doesn't want to have more fun? And when you tie it into money, it's even better. Now, how this came back came about. Recently, a Facebook friend shared that she was using a mobile ordering app at Chick-fil-A for which you have to create an avatar. So she got creative with her avatar and named it Lori, You Are Awesome. Therefore, when she was notified, when they notified that the order is ready, they had to mention that avatar name. So what did they call out when it was ready? Lori, you are awesome. And how fun is that, that the avatar did that, right? And why I want to bring this up, because what if your avatar was your name? So maybe in her case, Lori, you are awesome with money. And they call that out. Because sometimes we don't think we're good with money. But what if someone else is saying that? And someone else is saying that as a calling to give you your food. Just a thought. Now, you may feel uncomfortable at first. But if you need help in believing you're good with money, this could do the trick. And I thought, as she mentioned that, I thought this would be a good way to do that with your money as well. Because hearing it from someone else makes it more believable. So just a side note, just a quick tip to have more fun in your life, to increase your confidence with money. I just thought I'd share that with you. And if you do implement this, if you do do this, let me know because I want to hear all about it. So that is it. And that is a wrap for today's episode. 
You can learn more about Autumn and her podcast, The Legal Roadmap, over at awbfirm.com. And I will have definitely a link of that in today's show notes. Next week, we talk to Michelle Bobrow about personal finance addiction. I know, you didn't know that existed. You are not alone. And I am excited to share that episode with you as there's definitely some golden nuggets in there. I want to thank Autumn for joining us and just sharing her journey as an uh, dual entrepreneur household. And I won't hold her being a Hoosier against her. That is okay. And you can learn more about her. Again, I'll have the link of where to find her in today's show notes, which you can find over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 117. Also, don't forget, if you love this episode, please, please, it would mean the world to me. It would be such a huge compliment if you shared it with someone that you cared about. So thanks again for joining me today. And I will talk to you next Thursday. Nos vemos el próximo jueves.